The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. So what's happening? Welcome to another great show on Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with us if you want to join the show. We've got a great show planned for you coming up here in just a few minutes. We're going to talk to senatorial candidate... Natalie James and get an update on how her campaign is going, what she, what her expectations are, how you can get involved. I'm sure she needs a lot of help passing out signs, money, by the way. We'll talk about all of that here in, in just a moment. Uh, also, uh, we're going to talk about black people and guns, and it's not going to be what you think it is. In fact, I'm kind of happy to talk about this story. <laughs> So <laughs> we, we're going to talk about that today uh, as well. Uh, oh, updates on the January 6th committee. Uh, these, uh, this testimony is just getting, it's part of the reason <laughs> that so many people are buying guns. You, you, I'm going to tie those two stories together, okay? And I saw a disturbing video about China and Africa. And if we get an opportunity, and I may have to push this to, to the next show, but if we get an opportunity, I'm going to play this video. It's an in-depth documentary of how Chinese people who are now flooding the continent of Africa are exploiting poor African children, making videos of them and dubbing over their language, their being the Chinese language, and calling them stupid calling them low IQ and calling them the equivalency of the N-word. Hmm. What did y'all say about Asian Pacific Day? Because I know for a fact, Asians are some of the most racist people. Well, I can't say that because I know white people. <laughs> I'll say Asians a second. I'm just going to be real with you. Now, you can tell me where the lie is on that. Okay? So, that's what we've got on, on deck for the show today. It's going to be packed. We're looking forward to talking to Natalie. We'll talk to her in just a moment. But before we do anything, you know what we've got to do, right? Of course you do. It's Black Facts. Dynamic Black Facts. Our culture, our history, our people. Well, you know, I posted on my wall uh, all of the places where uh, black massacres have taken place. 
But not only have there been black massacres, there have been black lynchings, just individuals. And here's one of those stories. Frightened Boy, the title. And by the way, this is from the Atlanta Black Star. The title of the story is Frightened Boy Sitting in an Electric Chair. Black Teenager Executed for Killing a White Woman Gets Exonerated After 92 Years. No Evidence Linked Him to the Case. Alexander McClay Williams, 16, was executed in June of 1931 for a murder many believe he did not commit. On October 3rd, 1930, Vida Robert's husband, Fred Robert, discovered her body on the second floor of a cottage on the grounds of the Glen Mills School for Boys in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania, surrounded by a pool of blood. She had been stabbed 47 times with an ice pick and left for dead with a fractured skull and broken ribs. Williams, a student, confessed to the murder after enduring hours of violent interrogations. However, no evidence linked him to the case, and one detective said it would have been impossible for him to do it. A judge overturned his conviction on June 13, 2022, 92 years after he was convicted in the same courtroom. The ruling by Common Pleas President Judge Kevin F. Kelly granted Alexander a new trial. District Attorney Jack Stolmeiser immediately dropped the charges against the teenager who the judge said dealt with numerous fundamental due process violations almost a century ago. All of the hallmarks of the American justice system was disregarded in that manner, Stolmeiser told Kelly. Due process was violated, and this young man may have been an innocent party who was executed. We'll never know the absolute truth, but what I tell you from my reading of this record is this should not have happened. Alexander, the oldest of 13 children, was sent to a reform school after being accused of setting a barn on fire. The boy's family said he was mentally challenged. Reports show that he was questioned five times and flogged during the interrogations, receiving up to 40 lashes from the officers in one instance. The police conducted the interviews without a parent or an attorney present. Alexander was not assigned to an attorney until 17 days after he was charged. His attorney then had 73 days to prepare for his defense. While detectives reportedly pressured Alexander, they did not investigate any other suspects in the case. Still, the county's leading detective was quoted in previously undiscovered article saying that the crime was committed by a full-grown strong man and that the athletic matron could have fought off the boy. At just 125 pounds, Alexander was so small that something was placed underneath him to prop him up for the execution on June 8, 1931. He was the youngest person 
to be put to death in Pennsylvania. Newman University professor Samuel Lemon has researched Alexander's case for 30 years. His great-grandfather, William H. Ridley, the first black attorney in the county, represented the boy in the trial. Lemon lobbied for Alexander's name to be cleared after he uncovered undisclosed evidence in the case, including the article quoting the detective. It frankly was an emotional burden for me for many, many years, but it was something I felt an obligation I had to do for Alexander, for Vida Robert, and their great-grandfather as well. Lemon said the Robert's death, that Robert's death certificate named Alexander as his killer before he was even arrested. A bloody handprint was also discovered at the scene, but Alexander did not have any blood on him. Two fingerprint experts explained it, but it was left out of the evidence at the trial. Alexander was reportedly on work detail when the 33-year-old woman was killed. Prosecutors had to argue that he committed the crime within the 20 minutes he left the work crew to get the receipts for the shovels. Lemon went back and walked the grounds of Glenn Mills, said Williams, uh, said Williams would have had to take about 15 actions in that time. Alexander needed time to get to the crime scene, break the storage locker, then go into the Robert's room and stab her. Then he would have needed to clean the blood from his hands and clothes, take her keys and throw them in the pond, hide the murder weapon, and return back to work. One witness testified that Williams did not have blood on him when he returned to the group, nor did he seem excited or nervous. Susan Carter, 92, Alexander's sister, who was a baby when the boy was executed, said he would have been likely, he would have been more likely to flee the scene. Their parents did not talk about her brother much, but she said the family firmly believed he was innocent. I guess I wasn't something, it wasn't something you talked about, said Carter. All of my brothers and sisters said that he never killed that woman. Carter said she found hope that his name would be cleared when she met Lemon, who wrote a book about the hidden evidence in the case. It deeply troubled me many times thinking about the poor frightened boy sitting in an electric chair, not understanding why. This was an image I could not get out of my head, and it caused me great emotional distress at times. Lemon took all of his findings to the defense attorney, Robert Keller, who got Alexander's records partially expunged in 2017, but Lemon and his baby sister pushed for more. This is a hall of justice, Carter told the judge. Let justice be done. One of the attorneys referred the, to the case as racial profiling at Teresa, Teresa Smithers, the victim's ex-husband's last living relative, said she believed her husband killed her and used Alexander as a handy scapegoat. Smithers found the couple's divorce certificate, which shows Vida Robert suffered extreme cruelty during the marriage. Fred's great-great-niece also testified that a watch and money were left on the dresser after the killing, and any culprit would have taken those items. Fred got away with murder, Smithers said. And ladies and gentlemen, that's our black fact of the day, and I hope you enjoyed it. Keep listening to Black Focus Radio for more dynamic black facts, our culture, our history, our people on joinetradio.com. 
And don't forget, if you would like to sponsor Dynamic Black Facts, give me a call at 615-554-0568. And we'll hook you up with a nice advertising package and get the word out about your product and your business. Okay, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to uh, the Democratic senatorial can candidate, Natalie James. We're excited to talk to her, see what her campaign is, how her campaign is doing, what she expects as far as the participation of you black folk. <laughs> y'all know I've been on y'all about that. I ain't stopping. All right. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinedradio.com. That's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you will shout, bake it, grill it, shake it, oh yeah. Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic Products. That's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sauteed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, I'll give you money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. Dynamic Dave for JoinEdRadio.com. I'm inviting all small businesses to contact me at 855-525-5683 and let JoinEd Radio set up an advertising package specifically designed with your business in mind. This is a great opportunity for small businesses to get your products on the air. Do you want to get the word out about a new business? JoinEd Radio is for you. Do you want to advertise your event or social gathering? Join Ed Radio is for you. Do you preach or teach? Do it right here on joinedradio.com. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at 855-525-5683 or go to joinedradio.com and review our great lineup of shows. Let's help each other and let's get your products in the hands of consumers across the country. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at joinedradio.com at 855-525-5683. I'll talk to you soon.
Boyd. Welcome back to the show, Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with us if you want to join the show. We'd love to have you. Got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Natalie James coming up here in just a few minutes. We'll talk to her about her campaign and uh, things that are going on as it relates to that senatorial seat that she is actively pursuing. And hopefully you all will get involved in the electoral process. As you can see, as I've been telling you all along, some of the things that have been going on here in America as of late should be disturbing to all of you. But the question is, are you all paying attention? I don't know that you are. I don't think that you are. And that's what's concerning to me. Okay? And it should be concerning to you as well as we look at some of the things that are going on as it relates to this country and these uh, coups. By the way, if you've been watching the news, there was an election in New Mexico last night and they have Republican and uh, um, uh, I don't know what they call them, people who certify the elections. There's three of them. I I think it's two Republicans and one Democrat. Well, they refused to certify the New Mexico election last night. Okay? So this is the same thing that they were trying to pull when the insurrection happened. It just so happens now that they've got enough people on on these committees to vote against them. So they're saying the same thing that your president said, and that was that they don't believe that the that the uh, v- voting machines are legit and all this other crap. And of course, they forget and they name Dominion in this in these reasonings why they refuse to certify the election. Dominion is one of the voting machine companies that was uh, that was targeted by the Republican Party. And Donald Trump, by the way. So, to make a long story short, just about 15 minutes ago, the New Mexico Supreme Court basically said, y'all go sit your ass down somewhere and certify this election. Now, they didn't say it like that, but the Supreme Court smacked them and basically said, yeah, you're going to certify the election. Period. Let's stop these lies, but... The point I'm trying to make to you all is these are the things that are going on right now, uh, that are happening right now, and you all need to start paying attention to it. And apparently, there are some black people who are paying attention to this. Here's a story from MSNBC that says, a rise in hate crimes and anti-black vitriol sparked a 58% increase in black people purchasing firearms in 2020. The spike seems to have continued. Two days after a white man shot, killed 10 people in the Buffalo in Buffalo last month, Michael Moody reversed his thinking about possessing a firearm. He had watched the aftermath of the carnage on the news and anguish of the victim's family and decided he needed a gun. Needed, not wanted. After discussing it with his wife, Moody said he left his home in suburban Washington to buy a weapon. He quickly learned 
he wasn't alone. He said he was stunned at the number of black people standing in line at the gun shop in Maryland to make a similar purchase. Through chatting with others while waiting, Moody said he learned a lot of us have the same idea. It's getting bad when someone specifically targets black people to shoot. We have to be prepared to fight back. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, I mean, it's, oh, I'm, I'm so excited. Oh, my God. It's, oh, oh, I, can't, I can't believe it. I just... It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I can't believe I don't have any applause drops out here. But that's, that's, oh, I am so, I am so thankful that black, y'all are finally getting it. You're finally getting it. It's, it's taken a while, but at least you're getting it. Okay? At least you're getting it. Because if you don't start getting it, you're going to end up being caught unawares, folks. And that ain't pretty. That won't be pretty at all. So I'm, I'm happy for them. I really am. You know, and it's just amazing to me. And I, I just got to give them a little love. I just, I just have to, man. <laughs> I just have to. Brother Booty, because there are a lot of black people that's, oh, I just don't want a gun in my house. Oh, it's so terrible. A gun is evil. Oh, oh, oh. Let me, I'm sorry. I, I digress. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I got kind of carried away. I was so excited. Three, okay, okay. Uh, let's see. We have to be prepared to fight back, and you can't survive bringing a knife to a gunfight. Moody sentiments represent one reason the sales of guns to black Americans rose 58% in 2020, the year George Floyd was murdered by a Minneapolis police officer, sparking a nationwide social justice movement, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation. The Firearms Trade Association, uh, which was a Firearms Trade Association, it was the highest bump in gun sales of any ethnic group that year. Further, in the first quarter of 2021, another NSSF report revealed 90% of gun retailers reported a general increase of black customers, including an 87, 87% increase among black women. And you wonder why said Moody, who works for the federal government. You look at Buffalo and the feeling of this could have been me is there. We could have been the next target. And when it's you, what are you going to do? Are you going to run and hide or are you going to be able to protect yourself? Protect your family. I didn't want a gun. I'm not a gun person. But this world has made me get one. Getting one for my wife next. The foundation said 40% of all overall gun sales in 2020 were to first-time purchases. purchasers. Black gun owners, old and new, say the rise in a, is a byproduct primarily of a heightened fear they could be targeted like those in Buffalo or at the Emanuel AME Church in Char Char Charleston, South Carolina in 2015 when nine black church members were killed by a white supremacist. To that point, anti-black hate crimes rose 40% in 2020 and 
the largest year available, according to FBI statistics. There were 2,755 reported incidents of targeting, targeting black people in the U.S. that year, the most besieged racial group by a large margin. Two weeks after the January 6, 2021 riot in, uh, on the Capitol in Washington, Destiny Hawkins, a divorced mother of one who lives near Atlanta, waited in line to purchase her first gun, a Glock 43. It wasn't the gun I wanted because their selection was low. People were buying guns like crazy. But seeing those people climb the walls and attack the Capitol on the top of the other shootings of black people just confirmed why I stood in the cold and got my firearm. The bottom line is that we have to protect ourselves and our homes. But we purchase guns differently, Hawkins said, stressing the sense that more black people are buying guns for the sake of protection against racial attacks. I drove a long way to take safety classes, she added. I went to the range. This increased, this increased interest in firearms uh, delights Philip Smith, who started the National African American Gun Association in 2015. A human resources executive in Atlanta, Smith said he owns about 30 weapons, including a lethal AR-15 style rifles used in Buffalo's mass shooting and the Uvalde shooting. The increased number of black gun ownership represents an awakening, Smith said. It's a value add to their family household as opposed to, let's say, 10 years ago or six years ago. This is a movement in a certain direction, and I think it's a good direction. His organization has 48,000 members nationwide, he said, and has gained more than 1,000 or more each month since 2020. It has nearly 107,000 followers on Facebook. Smith said the, mur the murder of Floyd, compounded by the myriad of shootings of black men and women, by white police officers, vigilantes, and the like, sparked the surge. I'm just going to say, folks, I am so happy that you all get it, or at least beginning to get it. It's just that important. It's just that important. You all have got to start paying attention. And apparently you all are. And I am thrilled that you all are. It is so important. So important. We've got to start protecting ourselves. And we've got to forget this silliness about guns are evil, guns are bad. They're not. Now, if you're going to go out and buy a gun and you've got kids in your house, don't, don't make it a secret like it's something bad. Start teaching them about weapons and weaponry. Start teaching them to respect guns. Let them understand or know that guns will kill you. That's what you've got to start doing. It's important that we do that. There are, uh, there's a group on Facebook called the Survival Sisters. And it is a black father. And I've been watching their videos over the years. And it was a black father who basically was teaching his daughters how to survive in an apocalypse, how to eat off the land, how to make fire, how to shoot, 
how to protect themselves, how to fight. And you've watched as these young ladies have grown up over the years. I mean, I've been watching them for years. We've got to start thinking along those lines. Don't be afraid. I'm telling you, this is real. What is happening in America, you're seeing it before your eyes. And as I said the other day, many of you all are paying so much attention to stuff that doesn't even matter. Like, who's the GOAT in basketball? Hey, I'm a big sports fan. But right now, what's going on in America is irrelevant. You all have got to start paying attention and understanding what is happening in this country. And what happened last night in New Mexico is a stark example of the problem that we're about to face when you had elected officials who refused to certify a, 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 a legitimate election because they are trying to push a narrative. It's amazing how they continue to talk about, oh, well, the ballots were bad in this particular area, but in that same area, some of these Republicans got votes. So what they're saying is the votes that I got, the Republican votes, those are okay. But the Democratic votes, those are the ones that's problematic. And more importantly, they're not just saying what the, the Democratic votes, they're saying the black votes. Y'all understand this, right? Now, how long are y'all going to sit back and just take this? How, y'all gonna, how, how long are y'all going to continue to sit and take these blocks? You got to start talking to your children. If you got 18-year-old kill, children, you need to get their butts to the polls. Get them registered. Get them to the polls. This is a fight for America. This is not hyperbolic at all. You know, you used to hear these things. And I, this is not some talking point from a party. This is just what I've observed as a black man in America watching what is going on. This is a fight for the soul of America. And if you don't get out and vote, you are doing yourself a disservice. You're doing your children a disservice. And you're certainly doing your grandchildren a good sir, disservice. Because these people are trying to take over this country. And the only real way we can stop them without violence is be violent at the polls by pulling those levers against anything and everything Republican. And I don't care if you got a black preacher who is telling you to vote Republican. That black preacher is selling you down the river because he's making money off those Republicans. He's being paid to tell you that. I don't care if you got a black organization. I don't care if you got a black so-called leader. If they're pushing Republicans, they're not for democracy. They're for their pocketbooks because their pocketbooks are benefiting from the fact that they are supporting Republicans. I don't care. And look, and here's the bottom line. If you are against this election, if you are for the insurrection, as many of these Republicans have been, I ain't for you. Period. This is not a philosophical difference. This is a moral difference. This is a, this is a patriotic difference. You claim to be a patriot, yet you don't want to live up to the Constitution. The same Constitution that has discriminated against black people and continue to do so even to this day. We talked about last week what the Second Amendment and what it, what it came about, how it came about. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to say, hey, 
We've had enough. We've had enough. And I hope you have too. And if you've had enough, that means that you got to start putting eyes on your dollars and you got to start putting you got to start putting eyes on your votes. And anyone that is against the your fundamental rights of voting. I'm not even talking about anything else. I'm talking about your fundamental right to vote. Any party that is against that is anti-American. That's just the bottom line on it. Sorry, Republicans. That's what you stand for. Look at the people that you're supporting. Look at the white supremacists and the Proud Boys and, and, and the neo-Nazis that has infiltrated your party. And you think, I want to stand for that? Hell no. Now, I'm going to say this. It's time to create some coalitions. All your Jewish brothers, all your Hispanic brothers. And here's the killer thing about this to me. And I never understood this with Cuban Americans. <clears throat> it seems that I've been reading articles where Hispanics are migrating Republican. What the hell? Are they not paying attention? It was similar to what Cubans did in Florida, where they didn't want other, other Cubans or certain Cubans to migrate to America. And if you notice, most of those Cubans were light-skinned. They had a light complexion. When you actually go to Cuba, and I've never been, but I have some friends who have, they say the majority of those people down there are dark-skinned. Ain't that something? Hmm. I implore you, forget about Lori Harvey, forget about two chains and four chains and eight chains and yo doggy doggy and start paying attention at what matters in your life. See, l let me tell you all something. Your brain has the capacity to do more than what it's doing. You just have to give it a chance. You just have to use it. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you, okay? But we've got to start understanding that our brain has the capacity to do multiple things, to multitask. Multitasking isn't a, a office, is an office jargon or computer jargon. Your brain has been multitasking for your entire life. You just didn't realize it. So what I need you to do now is take a little bit of your brain power, just a little bit, and transfer it over to another area of focus. And that other area of focus only takes a couple of things, is to register to vote and go vote. And I'm telling you, yes, vote against any Republican out there. Now, I'm going to tell you this. If you're a Republican out there and you're listening to this show, I'm not a Democrat. I'm an independent. And if you want to come on this show and debunk some of the things that I'm saying, you're more than welcome. Here's my personal cell phone number, 615-554-0568. That's my number, okay? Give me a call. 
And we'll see what we can do about letting you speak your piece. That doesn't mean I'm not going to ask you questions. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to call you on the table about things that are clearly lies. And that includes this election. So if, if you're Tom Cotton, if you're John Bozeman, any of you guys out there, Fitz Hill or Fritz Hill, any of you guys, you're more than welcome to give me a call. And by the way, here's my email address. Blackfocusradio at gmail.com. I'd love to have you on because this is about patriotism. This is not about one person, Donald Trump. This is about either you're going to uphold the Constitution or you're not. That's what this is about. It is not about anything else at this point. I don't care about your, I don't care about Democratic persuasions. I don't care about Republican persuasions. What I do know. And what I saw with my own eyes and what I've witnessed in these hearings is the fact that there was a armed insurrection that people lost their lives and people stormed the Capitol. And you can try to whataboutism all you want about Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter had a protest rally in Washington, D.C., and they didn't storm the Capitol. So you want to do other otherisms? They didn't storm the Capitol. So how do you figure this? So if you're saying that we're we're stupid and our eyes didn't see, oh, at first you said, oh, it was Antifa. Well, we know now that there was no Antifa. There were no Black Lives Matter sympathizers in that crowd. We know for a fact now that these were MAGA people who led by the Proud Boys and all of those others. We know now what you all's intent was. Now, the problem you're going to have, if it's no one goes to jail, that because there was coordination, this is going to be a problem. This is the burden on the Democrats right now. You've got to do this. And we've got to do our part. Even if you never voted right now, I would never tell you to do this. I always say, look at the candidates. But at this point, anything Republican, you must vote against them. Anything. Because if you are black, Republicans are not for your best interest. They simply aren't. And they can lie to you all you want, all they want. And as I said earlier, they'll even get so-called black leaders to lie to you and say, see, Massa, okay. He gave us some cornbread this week. No, he gave you some cornbread. And we got the crumbs. Because I'm saying it right up front. There are a lot of black preachers in Little Rock. Pulaski County, North Little Rock, all in the surrounding areas who are sucking up to the Republicans and you don't know it. And you're sitting in their churches every Sunday morning saying, oh, bless you, pastor. And your pastor is selling you down the river. I'm just going to be real with you. It's time for y'all to have that conversation with your minister, the man that you invite over to dinner on Sunday that you think the world of. Is he... Is he selling you down the river for Republican dollars? This is some real stuff here, folks. 
We got to get serious. We got to have conversations. When you go to your 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 uh, family reunions this year, some of you have already had them. You need to have conversations with your family members and saying, are you all registered to vote? Have the debate. Don't get upset. Have the debate. It does. It's not about politics. It's really about the Constitution. It's about your right to exist as a black person in America. Because what they are trying to do is make an end, round, an end run around the Constitution and set up an apartheid system. They, you don't realize that they don't really want everybody to vote. They want to go back to where it was only white men voting. Or certain people, certain ethnic groups that are voting. Or certain people in those ethnic groups. Many of them don't want an 18-year-old to be able to vote. This is not me saying it. Go do the research for yourself. This is why this is so critical. We are either going to stand for this democracy or we're going to perish. And right now in my age... I don't know when it's gonna happen, but I'm fighting for my granddaughter right now. My three-month-old granddaughter that was just born, I'm fighting for her right now. That's what you ought to be fighting for. You see, that's what you all like to talk about Dr. King and what happened in the 60s. They knew that they weren't gonna get the rights that they deserved at that time they weren't fighting for themselves they weren't marching for themselves they wasn't being attacked by dogs for themselves they didn't have water hoses turned on them for themselves they didn't they didn't get lynched and murdered and and castrated and beat up for themselves they got they did that for their grandchildren now what are you going to do for yours you're going to sit around and tell your grandchildren about who's sleeping with who when you were growing up are you going to say, you're going to make a statement and say, hey, look, we did this for you to be a better person. I do what I do on this show because I'm fighting for you and your grandchildren, my grandchildren. I don't have to do this show. I make good money and can make more money. But I see this as a calling, a a, a clarion call to wake up black people and say, hey, we got to start doing something different. I'm not trying to be your leader. I'm just trying to give you information and you take that information and use it to the best of your ability. That's what we do here on Black Focus Radio. And the information that I can give to you today is that we are at a crossroads in America. And there are Powers that be, that runs the gamut. Think about this from this perspective, okay? Remember, how many people that were in the insurrection were police officers? How many of those people were ex-military? How many of those people were doctors and lawyers and politicians? The, 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 the socioeconomic background of the insurrectionists ran the gamut of white racist in America. And what you should have seen is that these weren't poor white country hicks that are racist. These were upper, upwardly mobile white people, men and women who were proudly racist and wanted to take over this country because the election didn't go their way. 
That's the issue here. That's the issue here. Sorry, not sorry. I got to break it down to you the way it needs to be broken down to you because apparently some of you all aren't paying attention. You're paying attention to all this other crap that means nothing. It's okay to talk about it. You know, like me, I pay, I'm watching the NBA Finals. I talk about it with friends uh, and relatives. But at the end of the day, the most important, to me, important thing to me is what's going on in this nation. I've been here 61 years now. And I got to admit, I'm, an histor I'm a historian. And what I've seen over the last five years with white people, and particularly Republicans, is appalling. That's the only word I can give it. And if we don't do something, if we don't put our foot in the sand and say, hey, you're not crossing this line. That's why I'm so glad that that story about black people buying gun ownership is increasing. I am so happy to see that because it's about time. That's part of the reason that I, that I posted those 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 former atrocities on my wall so you could see it for yourself what and we're not even talking about the murder of black men and women that go on in this country every day we're not even talking about that okay we're not maybe it's time we'll take a break We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinetradio.com. Insurance Group is the small business that we need to turn everybody on to. Javita Nelson is the expert advisor and licensed in 20 states. Synergy Insurance Group has been offering personalized insurance services since 1997. Call Javita at 877-GO-LOVE-INS. She can help you with old-fashioned personal service. Synergy Insurance Group is the one that you want and need for affordable insurance. Specializing in burial plans that will allow you and yours to personalize your final expenses. Check out Synergy Insurance Group on the web at synergyinsgroup.biz. Or talk to Javita at 877-GO-GLOVE-INS. The purpose of this commercial is to promote various insurance products, national producer numbers 1661510 and 7529748. Hi, this is Alvin from Habibi's Durable Medical Equipment Company. Because of COVID, many of us have lost our jobs and are unable to feed our kids like we wish. If your child is underweight, five years of age or older, and on Medicaid, you may be able to get formula to help them regain their healthy weight. You will need a prescription from their primary care physician and give us a call and let us help. Our number is 
1553. We are open five days a week from 9 to 5. Have your doctor fax your prescription to our fax line, which is 501-661-0738 today. Keeping your child healthy is our priority. That's Habibi's Habibi's Habibi's, your durable medical equipment center. We are located 4317 East Broadway in North Little Rock. That number again is 663-1553. 663-1553. Hey guys, this is David Ashley, Deacon David Ashley. I want to turn you all on to the Deacon Days radio show. It's a praise project. We're going to be playing music from inspirational artists and gospel artists from all over the world never ever heard of and also we'll be interviewing and asking them very pertinent questions to why and how they came up with their music don't forget the deacon dave's radio show it's a praise project saturdays from 10 to 11 on joynetradio.com Welcome back to the show, Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me if you want to join the show. We're expecting a call from Natalie James uh, any time now, so hopefully we'll get a call from her. If not, we'll just we'll just power on. That's what we do here uh, on Joinet Radio. But I, I will be honest. I will be disappointed if she doesn't keep her appointment. That's I'm just going to be real. Okay. Yo, you know, I keep it real. So uh, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, we were talking about the importance of voting uh, as well. And so I wanted to go back and look and show you some things that I posted on my wall about what they don't care about. Because, see, remember, these are the same people that wants to um, who wants to keep you from learning about history they don't care about history because you know in 1919 there was a black massacre all of these all of these are black massacres not Chicago 1919 Detroit 1943 New York 1863 Washington 1919 Springfield Illinois 1908, East St. Louis, East St. Louis, um, East St. Louis at uh, 1917, Philadelphia, 1985. I was alive for that, and I remember watching that on TV in horror. Tulsa, 1921, Memphis. 1986, I mean 1886, Wilmington, 1898, Elaine, Arkansas, 1919, Vicksburg, 1874, Clinton, Mississippi, 
1875. Charlotte, 2015. Buffalo, 2022. Eufaula, 1874. Camilla, Florida, 1868. Okoy, 1920. Rosewood, 1923. St. Barnard Parish, 1868. New Orleans, 1866. Thibodeau, New, uh, Louisiana, 1887. Opelousa, Louisiana, 1868. Colfax, Louisiana, 1873. Slocum, Texas, 1910. That doesn't even include all of the people who were lynched and hung. That's why I'm so glad to know that black people are going out and buying guns in droves. Do not sit back on your laurels and think that what is happening in this country where people are trying to keep you from voting is not a serious matter. It's very serious and it's dangerous. And if we don't get our butts to the polls, then we're going to be in trouble. I don't want to hear any mess anymore about they going to do what they going to do. They do what they do because you don't take your asses to the polls. And then you complain. I'm tired of hearing that from black folks. I'm not going to beat you up and say folks fought for your right to uh, your right to vote. I'm not going to even say that. I'm telling you to vote because it matters to your grandchildren. It matters to your grandchildren. Not your children. They're already here. But it matters to your grandchildren. Do you care? Do you care enough to get off your duff and show these Republicans that you are not going to take them trying to overthrow an election in America? You're not going to take them trying to make an end run around the Constitution of the United States. We are not going to take that. It's time to wake up, folks. It's time to wake up. 855-525-5683 is the number. Uh, I've got Nat Natalie, are you there? I am, I am. Okay, great. So here's what we're going to do. Let's see. Let me see where my time is uh, because we want to, uh, how long do you do you have with us, for us? Um, how long? We just finished. Okay, fantastic. So what we'll do uh We'll take a break, and let's see. We'll go ahead and take the top of the hour break early. Well, we're on time as it is, so that's good. So we'll take uh, the top of the hour break. When we come back, we call her Nat Cat, but she's Natalie James. <laughs> she's uh, uh, our the good the, and I'm not a Democrat, but she's our candidate. Okay, <laughs> so uh, so we're going to talk to her a little bit about what's going on uh, with her campaign, some of the things that she wants to get accomplished, and how you can possibly help her become the first black woman to be elected to uh, 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 a senatorial office in the state of Arkansas. Yeah. All right. All right, so we'll take a break. We'll be back in a moment.
Budget Insurance Group is the small business that we need to turn everybody on to. Javita Nelson is the expert advisor and licensed in 20 states. Synergy Insurance Group has been offering personalized insurance services since 1997. Call Javita at 877-GO-LOVE-INS. She can help you with old-fashioned personal service. Synergy Insurance Group is the one that you want and need for affordable insurance. Specializing in burial plans that will allow you and yours to personalize your final expenses. Check out Synergy Insurance Group on the web at synergyinsgroup.biz. Or talk to Javita at 877-GO-GLOVE-INS. The purpose of this commercial is to promote various insurance products. National producer numbers 1661510 and 7529748. Hi, this is Alvin from Havivi's Durable Medical Equipment Company. Because of COVID, many of us have lost our jobs and are unable to feed our kids like we wish. If your child is underweight, five years of age or older, and on Medicaid, you may be able to get formula to help them regain their healthy weight. You will need a prescription from their primary care physician and give us a call and let us help. Our number is 501-663-1553. We are open five days a week from 9 to 5. Have your doctor fax your prescription to our fax line, which is 501-661-0738 today. Keeping your child healthy is our priority. That's Habibi's, 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 your durable medical equipment center. We are located 4317 East Broadway in North Little Rock. That number again is 663-1553. 663-1553. Hey guys, this is David Ashley, Deacon David Ashley. I want to turn y'all on to the Deacon Days radio show. It's a praise project. We're going to be playing music from inspirational artists and gospel artists from all over the world, never ever heard of. And also we'll be interviewing and asking them very pertinent questions to why and how they came up with their music. Don't forget, the Deacon Dave's radio show, it's a praise project. Saturdays from 10 to 11 on joynetradio.com. The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, welcome back to the second hour of the show, Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices, 855-525-5683 is the number, that's how you get in touch with us. Don't forget, you can download the JoyNet radio app and catch the show, carry it everywhere you want, or, hey, the podcast, baby, yeah, we up in that, please, yeah, we got a podcast. Go out and and we're on eight different platforms, including Spotify. And I will tell you that a video podcast is coming real soon. So just 
just stick and stay for that. But in the meantime, you can still go out there, uh, Apple, Google, whatever podcast platform you use, just search for Black Focus Radio, and we in that thing. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's go to the phones and talk to uh, someone I've had the pleasure of getting to know, know over the last couple of years. That's Miss Natalie James. She is the candidate that is running on the Democratic side of the ticket for U.S. Senator. Natalie, welcome to Black Focus Radio. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? Uh, we are doing fantastic. Uh, so glad you uh, decided to join us today. Uh, tell us a little bit about Natalie James. All right. So Natalie James is a local realtor, local community activist, local mom, and I just got tired, frankly, of seeing the things that, that were happening. I got heavily involved in the actual um, protest that happened with the George Floyd protest back in 2020. Met some amazing people, amazing experiences, and an amazing learning curve. And what I saw and what I felt was seeing how the power and the passion of the crowd and how that kind of fell mute at the doors of the state capitol. I said, how can we make sure this passion that the people have and these voices, how can we make sure that they're actually heard? So I said, you know what, I'm going to run for office because the best thing that we can do for our future and for our children and little humans is to show them by example that you can do whatever you need to be or you can do whatever you need to do and you can be the person that you need. Instead of looking for the adult in the room, instead of looking for the best person in the room or looking for the person to be the strongest in the room for you, I stepped up, and I was who my children needed and also who I felt that the state needs at this time and decided to run for office. So after testifying for numerous hours, taking days in, days out, and going back to bed <laughs> and going from um, going with legislators and testifying on different bills that were just egregious, I said, what can I do to take this further? Because activism is great, but activism without action, eh. It's not so great. So what can I do to better protect our Kansans and especially better protect my children as well? Well, I decided to run for office. I saw that there wasn't a black woman in the Senate. Kamala Harris was the last one. I saw that there wasn't any representation. And with the actual population of Arkansas being over 70% Caucasian, it left a big open and a big divide when the majority of the ones making decisions about us can't even fathom just how it is to live in real life and how it is for majority of our Kansans. They can't fathom living off of a single income. They can't fathom deciding that they want to feed their kids or if they want to pay for their medical bills. They can't fathom not, <laughs> they can't even fathom paying $70 to $100 at the tank. So we had a big, big, big divide. And I said, you know what? It's time that a normal Arkansan stepped up and make sure that everybody's voices are heard because Arkansas is full of amazing working class people and they're not being highlighted in the Senate and their voices aren't being heard and the issues are not being taken care of. And we have constant senators that are flyover, that look at Arkansas as a flyover country, a flyover state. You don't see them, they don't know them and they continue to vote against us and vote for lobbyists and vote for everything else that's not conducive for Arkansans to actually thrive and live. And it's a big difference between surviving and that's what we've been having to do with the legislation that's been in effect for the last 10 years it's time for us to actually thrive 
And the only way we can do that is by doing something different and going against that status quo. So this mother who sat on the land bank commission saw where I could make a difference. This realtor who's been in the, out of the communities and down our streets and down all over the whole state saw where I could make a difference. This daughter, this sister who grew up as an AME and had some background in leadership skills and grew up with a great notable Arkansans from all across the state that went to Washington from the Bill Clinton era said, let me take all of that and put it into place to better help our, help our state. And there's so many different ways we can help on a federal level to where last year or the last six years, we didn't get a chance to even talk about the national issues because we haven't had a candidate run on a federal level that was here. So it's important that we go ahead and we have somebody to do that to represent us all and to bring light to things that we can actually take care of on a national level and reinforce and help on state level where they're able to help. So that's a little bit about me. Well, that's more than a little bit. It's a lot of bit about me. <laughs> we're, if you're just now tuning in, we're listening to Natalie James, uh, the uh, uh, senatorial candidate for uh, the state of Arkansas uh, on the Democratic side of the ticket. Uh, Natalie, when you... I heard in there part of your message. How was that being received in predominantly white Arkansas? Well, actually, it's being received quite well because regardless of what what we think and how different we are, we're still a lot alike. We have the same issues. And my platform is primarily education, healthcare, and living wages. Well, guess what? Those three things directly affect all of us on a daily way that normally we don't want it to, but it does. So that's, those are the three things that I felt that we could actually come together and actually work on making sure that the state is doing what's best for everybody on those three issues. Our children deserve to have an, a 21st century education. They deserve to learn at the same rate all around the state and have access to resources that everybody has access to, which is something that we don't normally see. Our pre-K, extremely important because we see the difference. Um, if I remember correctly, from when I was in school 20 years ago, we were in the bottom 10% of the education field in all the states, out of all 50 states. Well, guess what? We're still there. So we can't keep doing the same thing expecting different results. So we need a, a marked difference in somebody who actually understands that. My family's taught for over 170 years. And we see where everything is totally different, but yet still the same. That's not good for our children where everything is totally different. When I grew up, it was analog. Now it's digital. So we need to make sure we recognize that. Our children have so much access to information and resources, but not the right resources that they're needing. And our teachers are lacking the information and the resources that they're needing because we have people that don't focus on education. They focus on building more prisons and bringing in different lobbyists and um, different other manufacturing companies than actually taking care of the people that are here. Let, let's I'm stick on that talk. education. I don't mean to abrupt you, but certainly since this thing with Uvalde has happened, and this has been a mantra of uh, the Republicans mm-hmm. for decades, is that we need to arm teachers. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? Well, we talked about this the other day. My family, 170 years of education experience, from the teachers that I've talked to, and I grew up with a lot of them, and from the teachers that I know that I come in with a daily interaction, they are not comfortable with adding something else to the table. We're already struggling with actually teaching the children. You want them to actually be security guards 
We're not paying them. We're not teaching them, giving them the additional training. Keep in mind, they already do continuing education and professional standards training on their own. So now we want to add another proficiency level to them. Last time I checked, police officers, they get trained on their weapons to use one weapon for two weeks. If they know how to use three weapons, that's six weeks of training. So we want to add more training, something else for this teacher to do. Then we want them to be responsible for the outcome when they're not comfortable making that split second decision. My sister wants to be a teacher, not a police officer, a security guard, a um, and everything else going into a war field. They didn't sign up to be soldiers. They're not signing up for our National Guard. They're not signing up for our Army, our military. That's not their job. They're signing up to brighten our future. They're signing up to make sure that they're taking care of our future so that they can have the best education to give that back to us so that we have somebody else that can lead us the way that we need to be led. So having teachers have guns, I do not see how that's going to be very proactive. This good guy with the gun theory, out of over 300 shootings in the last 18 months, 1%, 1% actually had a gun and used it. And what happened to that guy? That's not the way that we're going to save our issues, save our children, and save ourselves. Because we also have to remember that children aren't just in schools all the time. This issue isn't just happening in school. It's happening all over. We need to make sure we have better legislation to protect our communities and protect everybody in them. Because this is happening at concerts, churches, grocery stores. This isn't just a school-related issue. So arming teachers isn't going to fix the issue. It's just putting a Band-Aid if that teacher's comfortable with using it because some of them don't feel that they can make that split-second decision to take somebody else's life. Now, they're willing to lay their life down to protect their children, but asking them to take another life, that's a whole other story that not everybody's signing up for. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, they get caught up in watching TV and think it's so easy, but it, it really isn't. Uh, you know, I, I am a uh, a gun owner and... Uh, periodically I carry a weapon with me and I, I rue the day that I would have to even pull my weapon on anyone. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to do that, but mm -hmm. you know, I do it. I, I carry the weapon because of what's going on in this country, you know, uh, mm -hmm. every day. So, uh, but you know, a lot of people don't want to want to kill anyone. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. So asking teachers to do it, uh, is even more ridiculous when you don't want them to teach black history, but you want them to become a soldier in a classroom. It it's just incongruent, uh, as I use a, as I use authority. a teacher word, you know. So all right, we don't need more authority and that type of um, stuff going on in the classrooms. We already have enough. They have enough to deal with with handling the classroom. They don't need anything else added to them. That's not fair to ask and put on upon somebody especially when you're not even giving them just the simple resources to actually teach the community, teach the children, and to make sure that they're protected. We had an issue with PPP, making sure, excuse me, PPE, making sure they had the protective equipment to protect themselves and students. So how are we supposed to implement something else? That we, That's too much. That's too much. Too much for teachers to have to deal with, and I saw how stressful it was for my sisters. I, I totally agree with you. We're talking to Natalie James. She's running for the Senate here in the state of Arkansas. Those of you who are uh, listening outside of the state of Arkansas, and we have quite a few of you, uh, before she leaves, she's going to give you a way that you can donate to her campaign. 
Okay, so we'll we'll get to that here in just a moment. Um, so you said you had three pillars. One was education. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. The other was healthcare, and then the other mm-hmm. one was a living wage. A living wage. So I tell you what. Let's talk about the living wage. What are your thoughts? <laughs> okay, so we keep seeing where everybody's struggling. And I know right now it hurt me to get to the gas pump and I'm paying $75, $75 to fill up my mom car. I have a Highlander, a, a B6, and I, I'm paying $75. Think about people who are making less than $12 an hour. That's what the living wage here is in Arkansas. Well, the average cost to live in Arkansas is about $14 an hour. So most Arkansans are not meeting just that minimum cost of living expectation they have rent, i don't mean to interrupt you but let's remember that the mm-hmm. the people of arkansas voted for a 15 dollar minimum wage and the mm-hmm. state legislators who are republicans by the way said nah y'all ain't gonna get that well 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 let, let's talk about that too and we're going to talk about a living wage because i i feel that our living wage is extremely important. When people are stressed, they make poor decisions and they might work two or three jobs and they're not able to take care and pay attention to their children and pay attention to their lives and as to what's going on, which is why those last two shooters that were under 18, those parents didn't pay attention to what their children were doing. And they came out of low poverty um, low poverty um, areas. Well, one of them did. And the mother just honestly didn't know because she was working so much and she couldn't pay attention. That's what happens if you don't address a living wage. It increases crime because people make bad decisions. But those bad decisions aren't coming from just us. We have to understand they're coming from the people that we put in place and voted in place and allowed to stay in place. Now, in Arkansas, our state legislator, you are exactly right. The GOP has a supermajority. Most people don't talk about it, but I will. It's called a quorum. A quorum is where you have an effective um, number that you can actually make a decision and it's going to pass the House. Right now, I think we have, what, 20 legislators that are Democrats, 23. I can't remember the number, but it's less than 50 are Democrats. So there's no way that we can pass any legislation statewide that's going to be conducive to everybody in the state if we don't have more, more people that think and that are people the way that we are. Right now, we have legislators up there that want to dictate everything. And I mean, everything that they're just not even experts on. Some of them are warehouse owners. Some of them are lawyers that decide they want to take a public defender position while they're still in office, which is illegal, and do that anyway. And then get mad at normal people for having normal crimes and not wanting to give them cash bail or anything else. Because, oh, well, you made a mistake. You need to go to jail. Well, you made a felonious mistake as well. And you should go to jail just like anybody else. And you being a state legislator shouldn't stop that. It's so many different issues because we're not actually running because we feel we might have something, a discrepancy on our record or something else. That shouldn't stop us. It shouldn't stop anybody from running for office. If you feel the need to run for office, the only criteria according to the Constitution is that you be a United States citizen of a certain age. And that age varies state to state and for different positions. Run for office. There's no sense in getting upset about us having a GOP majority, super majority at that when we don't put anybody to run against these incumbents. We don't have anybody running in these seats against them, opposing them. 
We have to run for office in order to be the change that we need. We can't create that change out of thin air because it's obvious that they're happy with the status quo. It benefits them. They don't care about what benefits us. So in order to change that, we got to make sure that we're running. So, so Natalie, what, you brought this mm-hmm. up. and um, it, it, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I have been – for lack of a better term, I've been a little ticked off at the Democratic Party since I moved back to Arkansas because it's almost mm-hmm. like they've just, you know, they've just given the offices away. And I think you're exactly right. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you may not have a chance to win, but what you do if mm-hmm. you continually run in those offices, you plow the ground for your future candidates, if nothing else. And, yeah. you know, if if that candidate is legitimate, he can put enough, I guess you could say, holes in the armor of this Republican strategy, and eventually a Democrat will win out. The problem that yeah. we've had here in Arkansas is that the DPA just simply, well, we ain't going to run nobody. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to, from being, an ins- well, from being an outsider to an insider now, it's not the DPA. There is a very, very, very non-existent pool of candidates to pull from. You can't pull nothing out of thin air. There aren't people stepping up saying, I'm interested in it, not contacting the DPA, not doing the things that they can say, okay, I want to be more engaged. How can I be more engaged? How can I help? Because they feel, oh, well, I don't want to run and lose. Well, guess what? You're not losing. You're making headway. You're making a way for an making a foundation for other people to run. And not everybody looks at that. Everybody feels that you have to run the first time and you have to win and you have to do this right now, right now, right now, because that's just the way society is right now. That's not the case. The DPA does not have a pool. They're not going to have a pool. It's not their job to have a pool of candidates when people aren't making themselves available to run. And there's no way you would know if they want to run if they don't say, hey, I'm interested. What do I need to do to take the next steps to run? That's where we're having that miscommunication. And I'm glad you brought it up because that helps take that misnomer down. It's not that they're putting forth, they're just not putting forth candidates to run. It's just that candidates aren't stepping up to say, I want to run. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with us. We're talking to uh, Natalie James. She's running for the U.S. Senate here in Arkansas. Natalie, can you hang on through the break? I do want to talk a little bit about your health care platform uh, sure. as well, and then talk a little bit about the uh, uh, how people can send you some money. Yeah, it's I I thought you'd like that. We'll take a break. We'll be back here in a moment. Uh, You're listening to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinedradio.com. of Black Focus Radio and the weekly sports magazine. We here at joinedradio.com would like to thank you for all the love and support you've given us. Our goal is to keep you inspired and informed daily with quality programming from gospel music, news talk, and sports. Log on to joinedradio.com for the program lineup, and while there, be sure to make a donation, then download our app and carry us anywhere in the world. Please continue to spread the word about joinedradio.com.
joinetradio.com. And if you are an entrepreneur or have an upcoming event or you'd like to start a show, let the professional writers and producers here at joinetradio.com help you get the word out. Call me at 615-554-0568 for more details. In the meantime, stay informed and inspired daily right here on joinetradio.com. Hello to quality time at Marco's. Hello to the best part of the day and to making someone else's. Say hello to late nights and to the best night ever. These are the primo moments, and they call for Italian quality pizza. Dough made from scratch every day. Sauce with a history in the making from the original Giamarco recipe. Say hello to an authentic favorite. Every store, every day, the Italian way. Hello, primo. David W. Coleman here for Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub and Rib Nuts. Go to ribrub.com, that's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now, and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you'll shout, bacon, grill it, shake it, oh yeah! Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic products, that's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sauteed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, I'll give you money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. Hey folks, are you looking for a place to exchange ideas and talk about the issues that affect our community? Then join me, David W. Coleman, and my co-host, Robert Webb, for Black Focus Radio every Monday through Friday, noon to 2 p.m. on joinedradio.com. We like to say, it's our issues, our solutions, our voices. Download the latest podcast on your favorite platform. Also catch us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. That's Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinedradio.com. All right, welcome back to the show, Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. Hit us up on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, We will also podcast this show. Uh, It will air on the podcast 15 minutes after the show is, uh, the regular show is over. So if you miss Natalie James, you can certainly get her later on. uh, And you need to start following this sister. You know, um, uh, I'm not endorsing one way or the other. I'm just simply saying that anything, anyone, a dog catcher is better than the Republicans. Now, that's not Natalie saying it. That's me saying it, okay? Because right now... I thought I had their endorsement. Well, (laughs) I typically don't endorse people, but the fact that I called you and said, you need to get your butt on my show kind of tells you what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Nat Cat. <laughs> it's Nat Attack. Nat Attack. Nat Attack. Okay. <laughs> so we're talking to senatorial candidate uh, Natalie James. Uh, she is uh, running for the United States Senate uh, here in the state of Arkansas. And we've been talking about uh, two of her platforms, and I want to continue with that 
Uh, and then here in a few minutes, we'll let her give you some information on how you can get involved with her campaign, make donations to her campaign. Uh, l let's make a dent. Let's, let's, let's shock the state. Let's shock the nation. And let's get this lady elected uh, to that office. Because people are saying it's impossible. Well, you know what? I don't believe in impossible. I just you don't. You know me. I don't do anything that's impossible. Well, exactly. So, uh, Natalie, let's talk about your health care. Health care has been an ongoing issue here in, in America. Uh, at one point, uh, the Affordable Health Care Act was passed. Uh, believe it or not, it's doing quite well. I, I actually mm -hmm. participated in it. Uh, for a while. In fact, I'm getting ready to get back into it because I'm an entrepreneur and I work for myself, basically. So uh, as I get older, uh, I'm having health issues. So I need to go ahead and go ahead and, and re-up on that. But what are your thoughts on health care today and where do you want it to go? Healthcare today. So in Arkansas, right now, our uninsured is almost the same as it is national, roughly about 9 to 10%. That's 10% too many for me. So what I would want is for our actual Affordable Terrorist Act to be expanded. So that would include a younger generation and older. It already does a lot of the great things that we are needing and we're all wanting. It's just it needs to be expanded to make sure that we lower and reduce deductibles and things of that nature that would actually help majority of Arkansans and majority of Americans. Now, I hear a lot about healthcare for all or Medicare for all and starting over. To me, to be honest, we quite frankly, I know a lot of people that can't wait seven to 10 years for a new platform and a new framework to be built out. We have something that's already in place that we can make amendments to, so we need to focus on what amendments will actually be more conducive and actually help more people nationwide than just scrapping the whole thing and starting over because somebody doesn't like the name or whatever else. That's still a mute point. What the important part is, it is currently helping. And you just gave a great example as to who and how it's helping people. So what we need to continue to do is expand upon what we have and continue to make sure that we're helping everybody. Now, right now, with healthcare, we have a bill that is sitting there that just got passed. Because if we remember correctly, the infrastructure bill we had capping insulation, well, they said, make it stand alone and we'll vote for it. Well, the House finally passed it at $35. If we can get that first one passed and when we get it passed in the Senate, because we want to know, is our, our Senators Bozeman and Cotton, are they going to vote for the people of Arkansas or continue to vote against them the way they have been voting? Is it going to pass? If it is, what I'd like to see is an expansion with the Affordable Cares Act to where any life saves in medicine, it has a cap on it. Big farmers should not be able to make the dictation as to who lives, who doesn't, who can provide food for their families, and who has to decide to pay for medicine for themselves to keep themselves alive. It's enough. Right now, we know that our current senators are in the tune and in the pocket of big, the NRA, the big pharma, coal lobbyists, and everything else. They're bought and paid for by corporations, and it's time for them to go because they're going to continue to fight against us for the just normal things that shouldn't be a fight for. These are rights that we should have. In other countries, they look at us and say, hey, what's going on over there in America? Why are you fighting for just health care and education? That's the normal basic right. 
for paying taxes, and that's what we're going to do, period. So hopefully, I'm hoping everybody will come out in midterms and show that we're tired. Our children are going to come out in midterms. I can say for a fact that my Gen Z baby is bringing her friends and everybody else, they're all pulling up to go vote. So it's important that we make sure we do that again in midterms. And our primaries, we saw, showed a record number. We went from almost 12% to 25.4 or 9%. That's a big jump. Man, people are tired and they know that we can have change. They know that we're going to have people that are going to fight for us and make sure we have the basic rights that we're due. It's time. And we can do that this midterm if we all show up. If you don't vote, then you like being part of the problem, and that's a vote for the GOP. If you do vote, bring 22 people out with you because that's the only way we're going to make a change. We have a lot of work to do, but it can be done. I've looked at the numbers over and over. I know what my win numbers are. I know how many people I need to talk to that aren't already identifiable voters in the actual county. And that's going to come from us doing the actual groundwork that we have been doing. I came as a first-time candidate, no name recognition or anything. And I won my primary, and not by a little bit. I beat out two other people for this seat to make sure we could better represent and have somebody that understands the needs and listens to the needs of our Kansans. So I need you guys to show up for me so we can make a big, loud noise in Washington and have somebody in the actual hill fighting for us instead of fighting for corporations like they're currently doing now. Senator Bozeman and Senator Cotton do not think, like, or care about our Kansans. Natalie Jones does. So we have to make sure we get out and put people in there that do care about people so we can make a big change. We're talking to Natalie James, our uh, United States senatorial candidate. Uh, Natalie, um, one of the things that I hear uh, that is critical of the Democratic Party is that they don't fight. And what I mean by that <laughs> is they allow, they, they take punches, but they don't deliver any punches. Uh, they're not aggressive enough. And if you're going to unseat many of these Republican candidates, you've got to hit them with the truth. Mm -hmm. Why? What, what do you plan to do uh, with your campaign to expose some of the untruths that the Republican Party, and in this case, Bozeman and Cotton, uh, are leading the charge? What do you plan to mm -hmm. do about that as it relates to your campaign? Well, that's going to be a community effort. It's going to be a collective effort. While you're able to hear so many pundits and so many different um, organizations and so many GOP, is it because Democrats are quiet and we're just laying down and taking it? It's because we are having the issue of being matched by the dollar. Right now, my current um, opponent, he has, what, almost $6 million in the bank. Me? Nowhere near that. That's the biggest issue where they're able to make a loud message and repeat it over and over and over. So you feel that's all that you're hearing and our message gets drowned out. It's very hard to get messaging through when all the avenues that you would normally use to do that aren't afforded to you because you don't have the war bank and war chest to be able to do that. So that's something, the first thing that we can actually change and make a difference. Having media buys and having being on TV, that costs a lot of money to be able to do that. So if we're not donating, even if it's a dollar or two dollars to a campaign, it's 3 million people in Arkansas. 76, 72% of them are Caucasian. That's fine. But we got 500,000 black people in Arkansas, and if everybody donated a dollar, that 500,000 would put a big dent 
and allow this wonderful black woman to make some black girl magic and show you what I can do when I rub two pennies. And I think I've shown you what I can do when we're able to do that in the primaries. I rub two pennies together to pull out a race and win it without a runoff. And that's a big feat for an unheard of candidate. But the biggest thing that we can do here in Arkansas to help ourselves and to help our voting and to help our DPA and to help us is to make sure that we are asking the important questions. How can we get involved? What can we do to get involved? You can't knock doors. You can't make phone calls. And you know you have an extra dollar or two. Donate it because it's going to go to somebody that's going to continue to fight for you to fight about these gas prices, to fight about the rise in inflation because their message is to get up and talk about everything that's not happening because of how they're not voting. They don't vote for anything. They could have voted to stop the um, gas gouging, but they didn't. So my message, and we all know who I am, I'm not attacked. So what I'm going to do is highlight that. But again, I would like to highlight it on a bigger spectrum, on a bigger platform, so that more people can hear that, that there are Democrats out here who do fight. I love what I'm seeing with Chris Jones talking about um, talking about Sarah Huckabee's ties to the Proud Boys and the insurrection. That's important. But again, I think he was listening to the show last week. <laughs> <laughs> he probably was. He does. And, and I, I love the way that we all talk and communicate and work together and make sure we're doing what we're supposed to on the groundwork for Arkansas. But again, it comes back to that, that big, big thing. We, you got some bulldogs in there. That <laughs> we have no problem with fighting, but we want to make sure that everybody can hear the fight we have in us. And that comes to making sure we have a platform. So I don't think that Democrats have an issue with messaging and attacking. We have an issue with having the resources to have a bigger platforms so that everybody can hear and see the fight. Because when you, you know me, I don't hold my words and I'm going to say exactly how I feel and I'm going to let you know if you're a horrible, deplorable human and you don't deserve to be in your seat because you're not taking care of the people. I have no problem with doing that, but that's only heard so far. We need it to be heard nationwide. And the only way to do that in this wonderful world we live in, this capitalistic society we live in, is capital. So that's what you're seeing. You're not seeing a lack of messaging problems from the Democrats. You're seeing a lack of resources available. Donate directly to the candidates. Don't just donate to the DNC. Don't donate to all the acronyms. Donate directly to that candidate so we can be more powerful for you. That's the only way we can get the right messaging out so that everybody can hear it and amplify it because everybody that knows me knows I'm a fighter and they've donated because they know I'm going to bring that fight and I'm going to bring that spirit and I'm going to also bring the care and what's needed to actually get us in the place we need to be here in Arkansas. So I would like to continue to fight. I used to box. Unfortunately, John Bozeman is not going to get in the boxing ring with me and do a celebrity boxing match or anything else like that. So, Ooh, I'd love to see to that. I think I'd put my money on you. <laughs> I know. So I'm going to have to use my words, but I'm going to have to use the platforms that are available to me to be able to use my words until we can have the amplification power, until we can have the resources to where we can have a louder message and everybody can hear all this passion and hear all of this. You know, it's not even bark or bite because I got the the um, right hook to go with it. So that's what we're needing. It's not a messaging problem. We got lots of messages. We deal in facts. And the facts don't lie. John Bozeman votes against Arkansas every single time. And I can I can guarantee to the point where I would bet everything I've earned and I will earn in the future that he's going to always vote against our Kansans and vote against the people of Arkansas. That's a guarantee. 
You know, it's what we can't do. Hmm? I was going to say it's interesting when I see his commercials. He rarely mm-hmm. talks about his voting record. <laughs> Would no. you vote and talk about your voting record if it's talking about, no, we're not going to do infrastructure. No, forget your children. Forget education. No, forget um, health care. No, forget this for our Kansans. But, hey, put me back in again so I can continue to make sure that you guys are left in here struggling and stressed and can't see clearly through all the games that I'm playing with you. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't either. You know, I really think that's a good message because that's how you got to appeal to our Kansans. That old saying, are you better off today than you were with, prior to John Bozeman getting into office. So you talked about funding and, and donations. You didn't say one time how to make that donation. Well, I'm, I'm learning to get better at these plugs. My campaign manager will get me. But of course, I try to make it simple for everybody. My website is jamesforarkansas.com. So if you want change, vote for James. And in order to help James, go to jamesforarkansas.com. Now, might be like LeBron James or King James version, whatever you want to use to remember. But the most important part is Natalie James cares for Arkansas. So I need you to care. Donate a dollar, two, or three dollars and go to jamesforarkansas.com so we can have a better future. Sounds good, Natalie. And I really appreciate you joining us. Just a couple other quick questions here. What are your thoughts? (laughs) Have you been paying attention to the... uh, the uh, January 6th hearing and what are your thoughts on the the lack of honesty as it relates to the Republican Party because it, it it makes no sense to me and by the way I think I saw a campaign ad by your opponent who was bragging about the fact that the chief insurrectionist endorsed him I know and I made sure I brought to light to that that you are happy to be colluding with somebody who who practices sedition and treason. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. But I need Arkansans to be just as upset and run to jamesforarkansas.com and make a donation because you're upset that somebody's colluding with Trump to continue to sit here and fight against the will of Americans and our rights. But I think after watching what I've watched from a little bit of only two days that we've had because they um, rescheduled the other day, it's important to see the picture that um, that's being painted. And I'm talking about by um, it's Representative um, Benny Thompson, or Senator Benny Thompson. That man is painting a picture and bringing forth the past to the future and making sure we understand the parallels as to what's happening. Now, what he's also doing is showing that if we don't get you on a civil matter, we're going to get, excuse me, on a criminal matter. We can get you on a civil matter because what we're hearing is racketeering. What we're hearing is fraud. What we're hearing is collusion. What we're hearing are other, other felonies that can frankly get you put in jail the same exact way as the criminal charges for insurrection. So I'm glad that they're painting the picture and leaving the door open because we normally don't hear this unless it's with mafia types. Because this is what it was. It was a game. It was a game that got together that orchestrated an insurrection and did treason on our United States and on our Capitol grounds with the intent to harm and murder and attempted murder of actual elected officials to hinder our democracy, to stop our democracy and pretty much take it over. When's the last time you ever heard of a coup in, in America? January 6th. That's the last time I heard of it. And I'm glad that they're calling it what it is 
and they're going to continue to bring and shed light on it. I think at the end of this, I'm hoping because they are arresting everybody. They arrested that George, the, um, it was a governor in what, Michigan or somewhere. They arrested him. It was a Michigan well, candidate. Candidate, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, candidate. They arrested him just recently. So they're still arresting people and they're bringing up about how Trump hasn't still provided his um, tax documents. That's another way to get put in jail as well. So either what we're going to see is him running for president, announcing here early to try to sway the midterm or announcing too early so that he can try to avoid jail time and avoid being prosecuted. But I think that governor being arrested is the governor candidate being arrested is going to show that whether you're running for office or not, the DOJ is coming it might not be on the time that we want it to be, but they are coming and they are paying attention. So I'm grateful that America is getting them to watch this investigation in hopes that it doesn't happen again and remind them of history, which is why a complete whole historical account is always important and should always be taught in history so you can recognize when something is happening and that already has happened in the past. You can see that trend. And right now we see that trend and we've seen it happen a couple times in history. We don't want to go back there. It's time to make sure we stand up and make sure it doesn't happen again. One other quick question. Are the Democrats not uh, sounding the alarm enough? And let me give you an example. Uh, We just had elections in various states, midterm elections in various states uh, on Tuesday night. One of those Mm -hmm. elections happened in New Mexico, and it didn't Mm -hmm. turn out the way uh, the election commissioners wanted and they refused to certify the election and stated the same mantras that Donald Trump was about the, uh, the voting machines and this, that, and the other, and refused to certify that election. <laughs> Yet, this afternoon, the New Mexico Supreme Court said, yeah, you're going to certify that election. So mm-hmm. I, I guess my question is, those are things, because it's, it, it's not going to happen again where they storm the Capitol. What they're doing is putting people in place to undermine mm-hmm. the vote. What are Democrats mm-hmm. saying about that? And are you bringing that to light in your campaigns? Because I think the argument must be against them is you're anti-American if you're anti-vote. Mm-hmm. And that is, and that's why I also talk about saving democracy, why it's extremely important, how it's extremely important to recognize the different ways that they're doing it. So they're putting people in the election commissions. They're putting people in the um, secretary of state positions, running for those secretary of state positions. People don't realize how powerful the secretary of state yeah. is. They're determining factor with the election commission. So we want to make sure we have the right people in there, which is why when earlier you heard me talk about running for office, that's why. If we do not have people running for the positions, they're going to go unopposed. That Secretary of State makes that determination that they want to go ahead and certify with the Election Commission in the majority of the states. And sometimes they're the third determining factor between the governor and the lieutenant governor. We need to make sure we have people in place. They understood that. They understood that. Pretty much they understood the assignment and how to go in and continue to take over from an unseen way. They're putting themselves in the JP. They're putting themselves in the school boards. They're putting themselves on for city directors. Why that's important is not just the top of the ticket is important, but the most important part is, remember, policy trickles up. That policy comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Your JP and your city directors make the determining factor for your town or for your city where the budget goes. 
they control the money where it directly affects you on a daily basis. Me, I don't affect you on a daily basis. I might affect you every once in maybe a three-month way. But for the lower races, the bottom of the ticket races, those are the most important. That's where the decisions are made. And while I say run for office, JP is one of the most important seats in your town if you want to actually enact change. They know this. So they put people in place for that. The mass mandates being lifted with school board. Guess what? They know this. They put people in place to run for school board and nobody ran against them. They put people in place for your city directors. Nobody ran against them. They put people in place for your tax auditor, for your land commissioners, for anything that has to do with money or the government. They put people in place. And they know the power of having people in place in those positions where policy trickles up. So the policy does not come from the people and it's coming from the people that are elected in there. Guess what? There's no policy for the people to get to us federally, which is why I say it's important for me to sit and listen to everybody because your message isn't being going up the channels the way that it's supposed to. So that's why it's important that you run for office, whether it be a little position or you feel it's a little position. There really aren't any little positions. They're all extremely important. And the Republicans and GOP knew that. I'm not going to say all Republicans are bad and orchestrating this, but what we're saying is the GOP, the very extreme conservative ultra MAGA, took it upon themselves and made a 25-year plan. We're 20 years into that 25-year plan. We've got five years to fix this. That means you need to vote like your life is dependent on it. You need to support a candidate like your life is dependent on it. You need to find a candidate that aligns with the issues that align with you. It's not about red or blue. It's not about blue or green or yellow or green. It is about making sure you have a candidate that's going to speak truth and make sure that they take care of everybody. Because our children don't care whether it's red or blue. When you have issues with your living wages, you don't care whether it's red or blue. When you have issues with your health care, it doesn't say, are you a Democrat or a Republican? It doesn't say that. So we need to make sure that we stop looking at these party lines and party issues and vote for the candidates that are going to speak for the actual people, which is extremely important, more now than ever. We got some years to fix this, but if we don't fix it in this midterm, we're going to have some major issues in the future because those people are already in place. If you don't run for office the next time that seat's available, we're going to have some issues. If you don't vote every time that door is open, we're going to have some major issues. So we need to make sure we do our civic obligation if we're wanting to make a change and we don't want us to stay on the same trajectory that we're on and get out there and be extremely involved. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. It is not pretty. It's not cute. It's not fun. But guess what? If we don't have our liberties, our civil liberties, that's worse. I, I can't imagine a life like that. But that's the life that they want. They're starting by eroding away simple things, such as your ninth and 14th Amendment, your right to self-govern yourself, your right to privacy, those things. When somebody's eroding away your constitutional rights, you need to make sure that you're getting up and saying, hey, wait a minute. Let's, well, let's, not, know, forget the right. Right. let's not forget the right to vote as well, which is the most oh, important. Well, that, that's one of the major ones that exactly. we had over, what, 400 different voter suppression bills passed nationwide, federally, federally. So it is that that policy's trickled up. That's what I say when we when I'm talking about that twenty year plan. We're seeing it in action. We're seeing where voting rights are being undermined for people of color. We need to make sure that we speak up and have people in place that are gonna bring truth to that and to run against that and do the work by like getting out there, door knocking, talking to people, 
canvassing and make sure we're listening and making sure we're saying, hey, this is how we're going to circumvent that. Like a lot of times churches say they don't want to get involved because of 501c3. Last time I checked, the NRA is a 501c3 as well. They are non-profit. Yet they are heavily involved in politics, politicians, and paying politicians off to continue to vote in their favor. Oh, and by the way, there are plenty of white churches that are 501c3 that are are involved. So uh, I I, I talk about that all the time. Let's stop this this stupid stuff, black black preachers. You need to get on the stick and get rolling. And y'all need to get behind Natalie James. Y'all need to have some fundraisers. You need to take up a benevolent offering. Whatever you need to do, we need to shock this state. Because there well, is not in the state. Remember back in civil rights, how is majority of the stuff handled and processed and moved by our churches? Yep. Our civil rights were saved by our churches and by our youth. Our youth being arrested and the churches coming to bail them out and pick them up and driving people to the polls in those church buses and vans, however they needed to, in their Sunday's best. We need to have the same mentality because right now civil liberties are on the line as well. Again. And, and see, I don't want to go back to those days. Well, see, see, Natalie, and I think that's what's the most important thing to me at this point. And I know we're running long here, uh, but but that's what's important to me. That's what I've even been talking about earlier before you got on. That you know, this mm-hmm. is not about a policy anymore. Okay, mm-hmm. this is about the Constitution of the United States. Do we mm-hmm. believe in it? Now, let's be honest. Yes, the Constitution has treated the black man poorly since we've been on this continent. But at the end of the day, that is our underlying foundation of how we live today. And we cannot sit around and just throw our hands up and say they're going to do what they're going to do. We have got no. to get actively involved. And that means everybody on the line it's not about sitting around. It's not about, uh, well, I'm not going to do it because I'm 501c3. It's, it's beyond that now. It's about civil rights. It's about voting rights. It's about whether or not we're going to head towards a fascist state in which a Republican Party right now is leaning towards that and embracing those type of characters. So we've got to get involved and we've got to start throwing some haymakers because if we don't, we're going to be left out. Now, Natalie, before I let you go, tell them how they can fund your campaign. All right. Dollar, two dollars. $38 because it was recently my 38th birthday on Tuesday. Um, I will be happy to take anything at jamesforarkansas.com. It is extremely important. It's not just to go have fun, but gas prices are high. We have a whole team. We have over a couple hundred volunteers. So we got to make sure that they actually have Gatorade to get out there and door knock and do the groundwork and the grassroots efforts that need to be doing, need to be done. But we want to make sure they're done in a safe way and everybody's protected. So your donations are going to go to that. They're going to go to mail-outs. They're going to go to billboards. They're going to go when we have enough, yes, to media buys to make sure we can get on there and say, hey, we're here. We're ready to go to work. We're ready to attack, but we can't attack without your help and without your vote. So go to jamesforarkansas.com and put somebody in who's going to fight for Arkansas 24-7, not just when it's convenient. Uh, well, they don't fight, period. It's just who who else cutting them a check? <laughs> Let, let's be real. Okay, let's call yeah, it like it is. Oh, exactly. <laughs> oh, and by the way, any Republican candidate who would like to be on the show and have equal time, I'd love to have you. But I've sent Ooh, you invitations. 
but they don't show. They don't show. So don't yeah. get mad because we're talking to Natalie. You you all have an open invitation. But the reason you don't come on this show is because you know I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. That's why they don't come on. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you're going to hold them to the truth. What? Exactly. That's, you know, the important thing. Exactly. Exactly. So Natalie. Ask them to do their job for the people. You know, just the important things that they got elected to do. No doubt about it. Look, we've got to let you run. You got any closing comments before I let you go? Natalie James, I'm here. I'm ready. Arkansas, let's go to work. I'll be coming to a door near you. I'll be coming to a main street near you. But either way, you're going to see my face. You're going to know it. And I'm going to ask you to point out who your current senator is. And when you point out incorrectly, I'm going to remind you. That's why you need to vote for me and donate to our campaign. So we can make sure that your voices are heard and your issues are heard. Sounds good. Look, Natalie James, U.S. Senate candidate for the Democratic Party, uh, and hopefully we can make a change. We can also shock this this city, shock this state, and shock this country. We do need change. It ain't the change mm-hmm. that they're talking about. We're talking. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell you, okay? Natalie, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk Thank to you, you soon. And, uh, we'll so get much. you back on here in the, in a few weeks, okay? Okay, thank you so much. All right, y'all have a great day. You too. That's Natalie James. I mean, folks, at the end of the day, you know, I don't believe in impossible. I just don't. I I never have. Uh, The life that I've lived, there is no, if I want to do something, I've had so many people tell me, y'all, man, what are you doing that? Why are you doing, hey, just get behind me, man. Let's get behind Natalie James like a tidal wave, like a tsunami. Let's get this lady elected because, you know, it's not really about a black woman. It's about a human being, someone who is going to govern as a human being who's, who is going to talk about health care and get things done, who's going to talk about uh, gun violence who's going to talk about schools, all of those things, a livable wage. One thing we didn't say is, if you didn't know it, that right now the livable wage uh, for you to be able to just live moderately is something like $31 an hour. I'm not kidding. How are people living on $8, $9, $10 an hour? I mean, I make a decent chunk of change and you know, I'm like, eh, I could use a little more money here. So we've got to do a better job. People complain about, you know, I hear the Republicans always complaining about, you know, those old, those folks, they don't want to work. Well, number one, how are they going to work when they're working three and four jobs already and still can't make end meet, ends meet? Think about that. And you got three children. Think about that. Some of them are single-parent households, whether they be mothers or fathers. How do you expect them to make ends meet? How do you how do you expect them to raise their children properly when they've got to go to work and the only people there that's raising their children are their children? You see, Republicans don't care about any of that. Right now, the only thing Republicans are concerned about is white replacement theory, the lies, CRT, WRT. All of that stuff. 
That's what they're concerned about. They, they I don't understand how Arkansans can continually vote against their interests. It's not about black or white. It's about Arkansas always being at the bottom. Dude, I, I talk about my age all the time. I'll tell you again. I'm 61 years old. When I left Arkansas in 87, Arkansas was in the bottom, on the bottom of health care. They were on the bottom of um, uh, schools. They were on the bottom of, um, what else, uh, um, a crime. And guess what? As Natalie James has stated, they're still there. Nothing has changed. But you've got candidates out there telling you to vote for them over things that are not going to make a real difference in your life. Abortion is a non-issue, folks. What's important to me is can I feed my children? What's important to me is whether or not I can pay my rent or my mortgage. That I can, it's summer, that I can take my children and spend some family time with them. Or if I get sick, I won't be fired and, I'll, and I won't go bankrupt because I have a health problem. Those are the things that your politicians ought to be talking about, ought to be doing. Don't be, bl you're blaming everybody else for your doing nothing. That's the Republican Party. Owsley County, and I talk about this a lot, in Kentucky, they, it is predominantly white, overwhelmingly white. It is one of the poorest counties in the nation, yet those people vote Republican on a regular basis. Even at a time when they had a governor who, who instituted the affordable health care, and those people got health care for the first time in many of them's in many of their lives. The very next governor voting cycle, they voted him out. It makes no sense. I don't believe that y'all are that ignorant. I don't believe that you all can continue to allow politicians to pit us against one another, black and white. You all are always the first ones to say, well, we're all Americans. Well, if that's the case, why do you continually pit different socioeconomic and racial groups against one another if we're all Americans. Where is your message about including everyone? You don't care about schools because if you did, there would not be white flight. You wouldn't have your private schools. You don't care about schools. You don't care about health care because if you did, you'd make sure that everybody had health care. America spends billions, let me take that back, trillions of dollars that is exported to various countries. Look at Ukraine, look at Israel, look at all over the world. And you're telling me that we don't have universal health care. This is an abomination. Don't tell me that America is the best that it can be, that it is better than other countries when we don't even take care of our own. It has nothing to do with capitalism. It has everything to do with patriotism. And at some point, 
Americans are going to have to wake up. At some point, people like Donald Trump shouldn't be allowed to be president because now that we know that he grifted millions of dollars just off of the Stop the Steal campaign, $250 million. He robbed us blind as Americans, yet you all, you all worship him? It makes no sense. Think about it. If your neighbor is doing bad, guess what? You're probably doing bad too because you live in the same damn neighborhood. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. It's a ma it matters about politicians selling their votes. The Republican Party has sold their votes. The, look, let me let me let, and I'm going to end on this because it's amazing to me how we continue to allow them to pit us against one another. Let me just talk about this gun thing real fast and I'm going to be done. Think about it. Do y'all remember the Peloton? <clears throat> well, it's not gone, but you all may not be aware of the stories that were happening where the Peloton was causing kids to be injured. In fact, I saw a video of, of one of the Pelotons of the, what do they call them? The jogging trades. I don't know what they call them. And this little boy was on this Peloton. And the Peloton grabbed him and pulled him under it. And he was killed. Immediately, this the, 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 uh, the uh, safety board, Consumer Protection Safety Board, stopped Peloton from selling this. You got to fix this. They won't do that with guns because of the Republicans. This is ridiculous. We have to do something about this. And the only way you can do something about it is get your butts to the polls. All right? You must always be willing to truly consider evidence that can contradicts your beliefs and admit the possibility that you may be wrong. Intelligence isn't knowing everything. It's the ability to challenge everything you know. The key to self to the key to greater self-awareness and self-awareness leads to a greater understanding of the world around you. It starts with self. Y'all have a great day. Thanks Natalie Jones for joining us. Good stuff. We'll talk to you soon. You're listening to Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices, on joinetradio.com. You've been listening to Black Focus, where we discuss our issues with our solutions and our voices. Join us every weekday afternoon at 1 p.m. on joinetradio.com.